it's not the halftime show just yet. I know everybody's super excited for the Super Bowl and the Rihanna halftime show. But first, it's a Go Be Great Super Bowl preview special episode. Go Be Great episode 26 brought to you by the good folks at Hardo Sports. My name is Michael Contento, the host of this great podcast. I am very sorry that I have not spoken to you guys since before uh, the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Not even gonna, you know, go into any reasoning behind why, you know, this has taken place. It's a tale as old as time with this podcast that I let it go for a week or two in a bad spot. And then it's tough to get back off the ground and all that good stuff. So you guys already know the deal. I don't need to explain it. Let's get right into it. I know I said Super Bowl preview, but I do want to talk about the NFL as a whole because, like I said, I missed a couple games. I missed a bunch of storylines. And I'm sorry if I sound awful. You can shoot me texts, DMs, whatever, to say how horrible I sound because I have been fighting a little bit of a sinus infection this week. Um, So hopefully I can make it through the episode without hacking up along. And let's get right into it. So I left you guys off with the divisional round preview. I think I went 3-1 and one on those bets. Overall, that weekend uh, was a pretty good weekend of games. You had the Jaguars beating the, or excuse me, the Chiefs beating the Jaguars by seven points. You had the Eagles blowing out the Giants. The Bengals blew out the Bills. And the 49ers were able to take care of the Cowboys in probably the best game of that weekend. A lot of talk after that one about the Cowboys, of course, you know, being one of the the wealthiest teams in the in all of sports really always will get you some coverage and there was a lot of coverage of the Cowboys loss instead of looking forward to the next week which was conference championship week which I felt like given uh the four teams you had the you know three out of the four quarterbacks felt like you know those were our top three guys of the season because although Jalen Hurts was not 100 percent at least in the first game against the Giants, they smashed the Giants. He has had such a great season. I feel like it's just underlooked based on the fact that Patrick Mahomes is in the league, based on the fact that Joe Burrow and Josh Allen are the players that they are. You know, Jalen Hurts up until at least this week and, the, you know, maybe the week before hasn't gotten a lot of play in terms of singing his praises for this type of season that he had now. Obviously, the Eagles, I feel like overall, have been a juggernaut all year you know even though the first game was a close game with the Lions it feels like ever since that first game it hasn't just been Jalen Hurts you know you have a great team all around him as well so maybe a reason why he's not getting as much coverage this season but like I said conference championship it felt like we were going to have a great weekend based on you had the four best teams you had three of the best quarterbacks and a guy that was up there in terms of the top five or ten guys at the end of the season and Brock Purdy uh, because they did not lose a game while he was healthy. Obviously, he gets hurt in the NFC Championship game, and the Eagles stomp all over the 49ers. But the Bengals and the Chiefs was a much better game. I feel like the one mistake that the Bengals probably, if you play that game again, that they probably tell you they don't want to go after Patrick Mahomes and the media uh, before the game started. I feel like any time in sports that you give someone who's already going to be pretty motivated to play their game against you. Obviously, there's a lot at stake, a trip to the Super Bowl, a lot of legacy talk between Burrow and Mahomes because up until that point, 
Joe Burrow was 3-0 against Patrick Mahomes. So they were saying all week about now we go on a Burrow head and just things that I think you shouldn't give fuel to someone, like I said, that's already has motivation to beat you, already everything on the line. You don't have to poke the bear. Uh, and they did. They poked a hurt bear in terms of Patrick Mahomes. He had a sprained ankle at the end of that Chiefs-Jaguars game and uh, or in the middle of that Chiefs-Jaguars game, excuse me, because Chad Henney came in and threw a touchdown to Travis Kelsey. But uh, he was able to get it done. He goes 29 of 43 for 326 passing yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he had that rush at the end of the game where he was pushed out of bounds and they gave him the 15-yard penalty to kick the field goal and they were able to beat the Bengals 23 to 20 so for Mahomes that was five straight AFC championships Burrow has now made two straight and I feel like those are the two guys that belong in a tier by themselves folks I, I you know just saying about Jalen Hurts but at the end of the day it's one very good season so far for Hurts obviously there's a lot of reason to believe that he can keep doing this in his career at least while you know he stays in this type of shape and this you know, and he has this type of running ability. But I feel like these two guys, Burrow and Mahomes, deserve to be in a tier by themselves. Um, maybe you would put Mahomes in a tier by himself if the record isn't still three and one in favor of Joe Burrow in those matchups. But uh, I feel like we're going to be watching two all-time greats and maybe even a couple more, like I said, with those other names, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts. They definitely belong up there, but I think it, you know, after this season, what has happened? Mahomes finishes with another MVP. Uh, like I said, five straight AFC championships, three wins, two losses. So he's made the Super Bowl. Now this is his third time. You know, I, I really do believe those are the two best guys that play the position right now. Um, both young players. So we're going to get to see another 10, 12, maybe even 15 years of this. So uh, I'm very excited uh, where the league's heading. And so I, but you know, before I do go into the Super Bowl preview, I want to bring up these other storylines that have happened since, I guess, you know, the last time I talked to you. So, number one, Sean Payton goes to the Denver Broncos. I think the Saints had to trade a pick, uh, or the Broncos had to trade a pick to get Sean Payton because he was retired or suspended or whatever happened with Payton. So, a big time flip in the type of coach that the Broncos have employed here because. I feel like Nathaniel Hackett was a first-time head coach, probably a little bit more laid back. You know, there's a lot of reports that Russell Wilson kind of had his own coaches in the building last season, and maybe that that did not help the chemistry of the Broncos team and locker room too much. And obviously he gets let go with about two weeks left to go on the season. So we'll see how that kind of fares out. Sean Payton has always had a really good quarterback. I feel like most of his coaching career was spent with Drew Brees, and the system should work pretty well for Russell Wilson. He just has to buy in to what the coach is telling him. And, you know, it seems like in the last few years, as Russ has turned into more of a well-known player after, you know, the Super Bowl runs with the Seahawks, that maybe he hasn't bought into the coach in the last couple of years, whether, whether it was Pete Carroll in Seattle Definitely not this year with Hackett. So no better than a, a tough-nosed guy like Peyton with an offensive system that has worked before for other great players to try to flip it around in Denver. You know, that's a big contract. They've also used a lot of picks to acquire the uh, the quarterback and the coach. So 
there's a lot riding on what is happening in Denver. And personally, I would rather see the Broncos stink. I'm kind of out on Russ in terms of, like I said, how he is turned into, I feel like a marketing, like he's just out there for the money in terms of marketing rather than trying to actually win. But I do really like Sean Payton. I was hoping he would come to the Jets and that we would fire the whole staff. While I do think Robert Sal is a good coach, Sean Payton, like I said, is one of the all-time great head coaches in terms of offense. So I was hoping that he would come. Instead, we get Nathaniel Hackett on the Jets as the offensive coordinator, and now all the rumors are swirling about Aaron Rodgers. So moving on from the Broncos and moving to the Jets, you know, I, I pretty much stated it right there. Nathaniel Hackett comes to the Jets as the OC. The, there's a clear connection between Hackett and Rodgers as Hackett was the offensive coordinator in Green Bay for the last couple of years before he left and became the Broncos head coach. The Jets are pretty much in need of another quarterback because I think this season showed you Zach Wilson's not the guy. I never thought Zach Wilson was the guy in the first place, but I'm not in charge. So you know, now we've kind of been in this little storyline of are we getting Derek Carr? Well, I think Derek Carr has now officially been traded from the Raiders to the Saints, so we don't have to worry about that. Uh, Jimmy G, I feel like based on the money and that he has not stayed healthy in front of one of the best offensive lines in all of the league over the last couple of years, I do not want him on my team because I feel like it's just going to be wasted money when he inevitably gets hurt. So not too excited about the other names, unless it would be Lamar Jackson, other than Aaron Rodgers. You know, I know Aaron Rodgers will probably only be here for one or two seasons, but it just feels like this team is in a really unique scenario where so much of the talent is on the rookie deal, and you can really invest your money into this guy, try to go for the Super Bowl, or just even for, you know, start with the playoffs, but then deep playoff run, maybe a Super Bowl in the next two years. It feels like that's the way to go here. I, You know, drafting a guy isn't going to work, I don't think. And also, if you're a believer that Zach Wilson can be fixed, like why wouldn't you want the best guy to come here who already has experienced the whole sitting out? You know, that was the, the Packers system. They draft a guy, he sits behind the starter for a few years, and then he comes in and kills it. So I would like to see, you know, if you would like to see Zach Wilson be the guy in the future. I don't see why getting Rodgers right now doesn't help the present as these young guys like Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner, uh, you know, are all on the rookie deal and we can save a lot of money on these top tier talents because that's what they are. You know, Sauce Gardner is probably one of the best corners in the league. Garrett Wilson had a thousand you know, 1,100 yards, he he had a revolving door at quarterback. So these are guys that are not just really good players. And, you know, the two that I named are, are both uh, AFC Rookie of the Years. But I just feel like, you know, especially given the fact that just the way that Rodgers has been treated or the way that he has been portrayed the last few years, it's just a perfect story for him to come to the Jets, maybe – bring them to their first playoffs in, a, in almost it'll be 12 years by the time next season rolls around. So a lot of exciting stuff to think about where the Jets future could be going. I know I mentioned the other, you know, the rookie of the year honors. So I do want to just quickly roll through those 
other awards that were given out, which were MVP to Mahomes. So Patrick Mahomes is the first player to have a Super Bowl MVP and two other MVPs, like, you know, regular season MVPs. Before age 30, he is only 27. So we are watching, you know, a a player that has a chance to be one of the best. I, I would say the best, but I don't feel like anyone could surpass Brady just in terms of the seven Super Bowl wins, but we are watching a player that has a chance to become one of the best of all time. So very exciting for Patrick Mahomes, and then he gets to you know, play on Sunday, so that's really cool. Comeback player of the year is Geno Smith. Had a great season with the Seahawks. Seahawks went to the playoffs in a year that I think people thought they would probably have the first pick. So uh, shout out to Geno. You know, they, they wrote him off. He didn't write back, and now he's lifting that trophy at the NFL awards, uh, which was yesterday or two days ago. I didn't, don't know if I mentioned I'm recording this on Friday before the Super Bowl, So I hope you guys enjoy the weekend. It's going to be a great one. Walter Payton man of the year goes to Dak Prescott. I know that a lot of people like to troll Dak for the on the air or the on the field, you know, just not being the best player at the position and that he, you know, all these other guys have had the same amount of time as him to reach their potential, and maybe Dak never did, or maybe he did, and he's just not in that level of Burrow and Mahomes, which he's not. So, But overall, a great guy and somebody that I feel like definitely deserves the award. He's been through a lot over the last couple of years with the suicide of his brother, and he definitely gives back to his community in any way that he can. So a good award there. Uh, Brian Dable wins coach of the year. A lot of Eagles fans were upset that it wasn't Sirianni, but I mean, Dable brought a team, but once again, that was expected to pick in the top five to the playoffs. Did he get beat three times by the Eagles? Yes, he did. But Nick Sirianni had the best team in the NFL. Like he did a great job, but best job of the year. I don't think so. I think Dable definitely deserved it. Uh, The other two, which I feel like you could have predicted this one when the season started. Defensive player of the year was Nick Bosa and offensive player of the year was Justin Jefferson. So that, you know, that kind of rounds out those awards. The only other thing I wanted to talk about, and it was going to be talked about uh, if I recorded right after the divisional round, there were a lot of conspiracies about DeMar Hamlin's life, you know, during that Bengals and Bills divisional round game, you know, there was a lot of blurry video of DeMar and, you know, he had a face mask on and there's no way that's the real DeMar. He's probably dead. He's probably still at the hospital. I, you know, there's been a lot of things that I have scratched my head at on the internet over the last few years that, you know, people just kind of see it once and everybody goes with it on, in terms of conspiracy this is one that I'm just so totally disturbed by. Like uh, the fact that there was not just a few people that believe this stuff is really scary. I feel like they, they told us in school to not believe everything you read on the internet and like to think for yourself. And I feel like people think that it's not them and that it applies to others, but not them. And they just go with whatever they like. It's really crazy to think that people thought, that the NFL wanted to cover this up and that he wasn't alive and whatever it was. But DeMar Hamlin got an award for 
being the, uh it was some community award he also gives back you know i mentioned when he went down with uh the injury and the cardiac arrest that he's running a toy drive and that a lot of people donated to that so that was really cool and you know he seems like the type of guy that whether whatever happens with his football career he will be very involved in the community over the next few years um he said you know i just want to thank god for being here and like that you know they also gave the assistant trainer of the bills a fifth place mvp vote because he is the one guy that you know treated demar hamlin first with cpr so it's sad that they conspired and thought that there was something legitimately wrong with demar hamlin or that they were cloning him or whatever but overall such a great ending story where he got to get up in front of everybody or the other night and talk and uh overall just really happy that a person that had so much light in their life before this is going to get a chance to keep helping people so um Shout out to Damar. I know that it, it, it probably was tough to read this type of stuff because, like I said, it wasn't just, you know, one person, two people. Like, there were a lot of people believing this stuff. So, overall, a heartfelt story for, for the trainer to get uh, recognized last night as well as Damar to get up there in front of everybody and speak for a bit. So, another good storyline for football. The Kelsey brothers are in the Super Bowl. They, you know, their mom – had a lot of press this week. Uh, I feel like it's good for a sport that has a lot of dark issues surrounding it in terms of concussions and should my kid get into this game, if they're just going to get hurt, whatever it is. Uh, you know, this is a, a lot more of a heartfelt storyline with football about how two brothers played the sport they love. Now they're both, you know, not just on the team. They are two of the best players on the field, you know, Travis Kelsey will go down as one of the top two or three tight ends of all time. Uh, Jason Kelsey is one of the best centers, if not the best center in the league. So the storyline of these two guys worked really hard, got to the best stage. Now they're on the greatest stage of them all in terms of the Super Bowl against each other. You know, you heard Mrs. Kelsey saying that she's rooting for a, a great game with a lot of offense because both players play offense. I would like to agree with that, Mrs. Kelsey. I would love to see a little bit of a shootout on Sunday. I don't feel like we will because I think the Eagles' defense is really good. Just overall, the loss of Nicole Hardman maybe doesn't mean as much, you know, if if it wasn't the best defense on in the league, but uh, I think the Eagles might have that, so... Overall, Kelsey brothers and Mrs. Kelsey, shout out to you guys for bringing some positive stories to the Super Bowl and the football over the last two weeks. Um, and then my last little tidbit is Tommy Tommy B, Tom Brady, hangs it up for good um, and then posts a picture of himself in just underwear. Uh, I don't know why, why that part happened and what got into him, but I think he's definitely done now. Uh, he's been saying that his broadcaster role with Fox will start in 2024, not uh, with the start of next season. So one thing that I, I feel like 
is kind of lost in the story of Tom Brady being retired officially now is I feel like Greg Olson is the best color commentator in football right now. And he's just getting booted out of his spot because they think Tom Brady is going to be really good. If I was one of the other networks, whether it's CBS, I know they have Romo on a big contract, but he stinks. Whether I'm CBS, NBC to get a replacement for Collinsworth when he retires, or who knows how long Joe Buck and Troy Aikman want to call games. So if I'm one of those other networks, I'm looking to snipe Greg Olson, throw him a bag. He's really good at his job. He's very well prepared. He's very well spoken. He knows a lot of people in the game. So in terms of, you know, getting inside scoops, I feel like Greg Olson, people should be talking about how good of a job he did this year and somebody should be looking to scoop my man up. All right. I guess it is now time for me to do what we've all been waiting for, which is talk about the Super Bowl and my picks. Overall, it's a clash of the Titans. I feel like the Eagles are definitely the more well-rounded team and just probably the best team in the NFL this year. But the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs have Travis Kelsey, and the Chiefs have Andy Reid. And because of that, I feel like it's tough to really pick a side in this game because, you know, do you want to go against 1587? and Mr. Reed? The answer is usually no. And I'm going to talk about both teams a little bit before I make my pick, but we'll start with uh, Kansas City. So Kansas City in their two games that they've played in the playoffs have allowed 215 rushing yards, but 145 of those rushing yards were against the Jaguars. They played a lot better in terms of that part of the game against Cincy. And I feel like it's important because against the the Eagles, you have to make a decision. Do I want to stay in zone and take away Smith, Brown, Quez Watkins, or do I want to come up, play man, stack the box, whatever it is, and leave my corners and safeties out to dry? And I feel like in this game, you know, you're obviously going to mix it around if you're the defensive coordinator, but I would say that the highest percentage of snaps will probably, if it was me, I'd play zone and take the pass away. Because one of two things can happen. One, Chris Jones plays really well and they stop the run. Or, number two, let's just say that, you know, it starts to turn into a little bit of a shootout. You've already seen what the Chiefs will do. They'll stop running the ball. They don't care. But will the Eagles get away from a balanced game plan and try to go shot for shot with the Chiefs. If they do that, I feel like they're going to lose the game. So I'd play a lot of zone. I would try to take away the pass and see how you do against the run. You know, maybe you have to do some halftime adjustments to try and see what, you know, actually works for you based on what has happened in the first half. But on the offensive side of the ball, the Chiefs did and 
you know, they were bringing in Jarek McKinnon for that stuff. Now they kind of just use Pacheco as, you know, he wears both hats. So you obviously know what Travis Kelsey is going to do and how good he is. But I feel like it's on these other four names to step up. And Juju's only been targeted three times in the whole playoff. Uh, Pacheco had a great game. Tony has been targeted, I think, nine times. And MVS has been the number two receiver behind Travis Kelsey. So, you know, those guys are going to have to go against Bradbury and Slay, the corners of the Eagles. And I think they could have a tough time against those players. You know, with two weeks of preparation, you have to figure that the Chiefs will be all right. But as the game starts to get later and later, and, you know, there's not as much of the prepared plays and drives as as much and it's just like all right now it's time to just go beat them with what we've learned over the last two three quarters whatever it is um i'm intrigued to see how those players step up um because you know juju this is his first you know playoff action i feel like you have mvs who really wasn't all that for the packers and has come and now had a little bit of a breakout here at the end of the season for the chiefs um, Pacheco, a rookie, and Tony traded to the Chiefs in the middle of the season after not doing anything for the Giants. So I feel like they have a lot more what-ifs and will this player do this and will Patrick Mahomes be a god in the game? Like They just have a lot of things that need to go right for this game to be close and for them to win it at the end. So um, on the Eagles' side, in their two games this season, they have played in two blowouts. Now, against the Giants, they legitimately blew them out. Against the against the 49ers, they just injured both quarterbacks. Uh, Brock Purdy tore his UCL, and Josh Johnson got a concussion, and they brought back in Brock Purdy, and he basically handed it off the rest of the game. Now, Mahomes isn't 100%. I feel like he'll be pretty close to it, though, with two weeks off. He was really close to it. In the AFC Championship game, I feel like he was moving all right. And he did fine. Like I said, I think he was 29 of 43 for 325 yards and two touchdowns. But the run game is not good for the Chiefs, like I mentioned. Uh, And they have shown that they won't try and keep going to it, that they'll just forget about it and try to beat you with 15. And, And that works a lot of the time. But on the Eagles side, in terms of offense, Jalen Hurts starts the game. They're 16 and 1. Uh, the one game, the Commanders back on Monday Night Football, I think that was in November. Offensive coordinator Shane Steichen went pretty heavy pass early. Uh, A.J. Brown kind of dropped the ball and then never really got involved after that. Uh, and it was just overall a poorly executed game for the Eagles, and they were still in the game. So one loss with their starting quarterback the entire season. Um, two top dog wide receivers in terms of Smith and Brown. Dallas Goddard, I feel like, is one of the best tight ends in the league. Then you have Jalen Hurts, who has developed really well as a passer this year. Obviously, you know what he can do on the ground. The defense is the best defense, I feel like, in the league. You know, they're not going to get run on, and then you add in the fact that the Chiefs just can't do it, and that when they are stopped once or twice, that they will just forget about it. So, I think it just comes down to which team executes their plan better. If you're the Chiefs, I would try to personally, you know, I just said that they won't do it, but I would try to run the ball and establish it 
And the worst thing that could happen is that time runs off the clock and that Jalen Hurts doesn't come back on the field. Like if you can just scratch out a first down and then you know what Patrick Mahomes is going to do. He'll be fine in the game. He's going to have to run around a little bit, but I feel like the plan, they know that they're going to have to have a lot of quick passes. I feel like they're going to have something that maybe based on watching the tape that they feel like they can expose. Um, But if you're the Eagles, it just feels like you have so much firepower on both sides of the ball. There's not as much question marks. And I feel like this is an Eagles victory. Uh, And I'm going to go with the Eagles. I'm going to go with the under. And for those of you who like to put wagers on the game, um, two that I would definitely, you know, every, you could pretty much bet on anything in the Super Bowl, but two that I have found that I like. First touchdown scorer, Dallas Goddard. He did score once, and he was the first touchdown scorer in the Giants game. You always like a tight end because of the play action possibility. And I would go first successful field goal over 36 and a half yards. Like I said, the you know, these types of bets are only for the nutty people, but I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you aren't a sane person. So uh, I hope you guys definitely enjoyed my little preview. I'm sorry that I was hacking along and a little bit of a runny nose and all that stuff throughout some of it. So thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you really enjoy the game. I will come back with a Super Bowl. I'm not really sure because I want to put out another episode that talks about basketball and baseball because spring training is right around the corner. Basketball, it was a crazy trade deadline. LeBron broke Kareem's scoring record, uh, and I want to give those some airtime. So maybe episode 27 will be after the Super Bowl. We'll talk baseball. We'll talk basketball. We will recap the Super Bowl and hopefully what is a tremendous Rihanna halftime show. So I want to thank you guys for tuning in to my short football slash Super Bowl preview, and it'll be great. I'll come with you guys. Thank you.